Hey, my name is Jalen Cornell Burrow, and welcome to my podcast, Practice, Train, Compete, Inside the Mind of an Athlete. Welcome back to another episode of PTC Presents Inside the Mind of an Athlete. Today, my guest is Brandy Fletcher. She is a former athlete and coach. She currently teaches English, and she mentors the young folks. So let me just have you introduce you a little bit more and go more into detail. All right. Well, as you said, my name is Brandy. Uh, I was a former athlete in terms of, I actually played all sports. Um, they kicked me off the football team because <laughs> I was like hitting some folks. Uh, but I played basketball. Uh, that was my, my love, that was my passion. Still is a love of mine. Um, and I played at Cal Poly Pomona, go Broncos, giddy up Broncos. Um, and so, yeah, and then I ended up coaching. I coached uh, at Etowanda High School. I coached at Montclair High School. And right now I'm currently taking a sabbatical of sorts because I'm in a PhD program at USC, so. Wow. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, that's great. Uh, what sport did you like coaching the most? Um. Basketball, I love coaching basketball, and I coach softball too. Um, but one of the things I would say as me as a coach, I really focus on fundamentals. And what else do I focus on? Fundamentals is the biggest thing because I feel like if you know the fundamentals, if you know the rules of the game at a very basic form, then you could develop beyond that. So when I was coaching, I was an assistant coach for uh, – you know, like for Etiwanda's varsity team, but I was the head freshman coach. And yeah, so I really yeah. like the development of just developing players. And that's both in softball and um, in basketball. The funny thing is, is that I focus a lot on the mental part with all players. Like, in, and that's like the key. That's the key to everything. Okay. Well, since you're focusing on the mental part, we can just dig right into that. How do you focus on that? What does it mean to be an athlete? What does it mean to be a good teammate? What does it mean to know the game? What does it mean to compete at a high level? These are the things that I ask or I challenge my players to understand. Um, they have a, well, this is how I got it. I got a book when I was at Cal Poly Pomona, and it broke everything down beautifully. And that was the, I mean, we had everybody come in. Uh, and I say everybody, we had therapists, we had trainers, we had, um, we had etiquette classes. And so to me, it's more like, I, that's the point in which I realized it was more than just the sport. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I remember my freshman year, they were like, like, here, we're sending you to an etiquette class. And I was like, for what? Yeah, these are things I've never heard coaches right. do before. Right, this is right. Amazing. This is um, They taught us how to answer the phone. Like, we sat down. We were doing a, a phone tree trying to get donations. But before that, they set up a class, and they taught us how to answer the phone, how to speak on the phone. And back in the day, I mean, I, I'm not like an old person. Like, I'm not <laughs> in no shade to the old people. All right? Um, but... We had old school phones. It wasn't like a cell phone. Like we had to pick up and like that you're gonna dial like this. It was crazy. I'm like, who doesn't know how to dial? Anyway, I digress. We <laughs> so we went through this whole process of just learning how to be more than the athlete. But I didn't know I was learning how to be more than the athlete. So now I look at the ways in which I coach and how I focus on that is I look at the things that I think players um, because I focus on girls, uh, young women, what do they need? You know, um, and it's uh, and it's really difficult uh, with social media. Yeah. So now there's a new element in which I have to like think about and and break down. Like I already told you, don't do certain stuff online because it has it has a footprint. But now I'm I'm thinking about now I got to throw in the element of branding now like you got to brand yourself you know what I'm saying so it's interesting so 
to go back, really it's how do you carry yourself on the on campus? Um, how do you talk about yourself to others? Um, one of the things that I really push with our young ladies is like read, <laughs> like just the simple act of reading. Like it will give you so much uh, because if you're if you're busy, you don't have time for a lot of other stuff. So I try to like you want to be busy. You want to in, in a good way, right? Yeah. Um, how to advocate for themselves in terms of their classes and their their grades. Um, we talk about hygiene. We talk about um, how to be a good teammate, right? What that looks like. We talk about trust. Um, trusting yourself, trusting the process, trusting your teammates, trusting your coaches, because that's a big one, right? Knowing that you have to have some intuition and some insight. Does this person have the be my best interests at hand? And if they do, then how can I maximize and take everything I can from this person? Not in a bad way, but like how can I absorb their yeah. information, their knowledge? So those are things when I talk about mental. And then there's the mental toughness part. Like I will push you. I will push you. If I'm conditioning you, I'm going to push you. Right. I want to see, see if you're going to cry a little bit. And it's not, that's not, a. that's just the mental toughness. And there's a, I told you about the book at Cal Poly that they gave us, right? So there was a list of things. And one thing I'm telling you, hands down, that stayed with me, I use it for everything, is mental is the physical is force to one. That is my quote. That is, I might, I might get it tattooed on me. <laughs> mental is to physical as force to one. Great quote. <laughs> I'm, not, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. It's on everything. Like I I mean, like, just when I think that anything is hard, that's the thing that I always repeat to myself. Mental is the physical is forced to one. When I think I'm pressed and I can't do anything, um I or or I'm challenged in a way that that um that I'm challenged in a way where I don't know you know, if I can get through, I always kind of repeat that. Mental is the physical, as far as to one. I, uh, I just take that one. I, I, really, <laughs> I really like that. I've never thought of it that way. But at the same time, I have thought of it that way. I've just never put it into those right, right. exact words. But I do. I do like that one. I really do. Um, yeah. So basically, you're take you want to since you're coaching or since you used to coach, you mm -hmm. kind of tailored each girls because you, you, you focus on girls. Yes, because I primarily, yeah. I feel like even when I'm in the classroom, I, call, I tell the students, like, they'll call me, hey, miss. And I'm like, you can call me coach. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's, I use that in the classroom as well. So it's not, when we're talking specifically on sports and, um, I break everything down in sports references, even like I said, even in the classroom. So um, I kind of tailor everything to who's in front of me. Yeah, you tailor. Yeah, like things. everybody's different. What what you need would be different from what my daughter, who's an athlete, needs, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then that's pretty much it. That's like that's everything, you know. Um, I think specifically for coaches, I think that they they have to tailor their needs for their athletes, and you can't teach everybody the same way because just like in the classroom, not everybody's oh, taught the same way. And man. I mean, I've seen coaches try and teach something to one athlete the same way they taught it to another athlete, and it's like maybe he's not as athletic as this other athlete to do it that same way. Exactly. And, or maybe he physically, or maybe he just can't understand or see it in his mind the way that that athlete sees it. And I think by virtue of me being a teacher, I think that allows me leverage. I'm going to tell you, my transition from athlete to coach was horrid. Yeah, that's because, what i <laughs> Yeah, the transition from athlete to coach was hard because... Um, 
it was hard, it was difficult because I played at a high level. We won a championship, uh, received awards and things of that nature. And I just remember my coach had a, you know, when we would, he would give us this killer mentality, like finish them, finish them, <laughs> right? And so um, here's my transition into coaching, though. I didn't go from, like, coaching at, at like, playing at Cal Poly and then going to coach at Etiwanda because Etiwanda is a powerhouse. Yeah, like, for basketball, yeah, definitely, yeah. hands down. So that wasn't my transition because then I probably wouldn't be as refined as I am, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so what ended up happening was I coached my niece for CYAA, and that's a Christian youth league. And so my coach's kids were in that league. And he's sitting back, and he's calm as can be. And I'm coaching these kids, and I'm like, finish them, <laughs> right? And I'm like, why isn't he yelling at his son the way he yells at me? Well, he knew they're, they're eight, you know, they're eight. And so it was like we had another term, KYP, know your personnel. Like, But I, you know, how old was I? I was like 21. There was like no way. I was putting all that together. And truth, I worked at camps and I did that, but we were we I was coaching and this was my team. There was some ownership of it and we did well, but I was I was tough and I was like I remember being at the banquet and just crying like a baby cuz I was like that experience taught me so much about what's important. Like <laughs> these were little kids. And I literally had that finish the mentality, but by the end of it, I was like, all right, because not everybody learns the same. I had to learn that in that process. Yeah. So it was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, back when I played Pop Warner football, my football coaches were pretty much the same way. It was that finish the mentality. It was we lose, you know, y'all got like 50 bear crawls yeah, and yeah. some sprints, and <laughs> nobody was trying yeah. to do that. And, I mean, respect to them for – Putting that mindset in us at a young age because it did help me when it came right. down to track. But looking back, that was torture. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that was torture. Like at at one point, like there's there's um there's a difference between oh I'm training you and like oh I'm drilling you. And yeah. then from there it's like oh this is this is torture. Like this is too yeah. far. And I mean sometimes they would take it too far. Yeah. Yeah. I said that that was my that was my saving grace, and then I had a lull where I didn't coach at all because I got into teaching. I had my daughter, I wasn't she wasn't in sports, and then it killed me because she was like, "I'm doing ballet," and I was like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> You're doing ballet. You're doing dance. We're athletes." Because my husband's an athlete, like he played football in college. I played basketball in college. Like you were bred for this. What are you talking about ballet? But that's a very athletic thing to do. It is. And so a lot of it, we're talking about mentality. A lot of it is how we look at things and what society puts in in our, like the, the seeds that they plant. Because that wasn't naturally like, I, anybody could do that. And I think there's that movie with The Rock. I forgot what movie it is. But he he's a football player and he starts... Um, doing ballet to help his yeah, daughter and I know stuff. It. I know what you're and then that kind of framed me. That helped me. So I'm very, like, responsive and open to, like, always being taught something. Like, there's always a lesson in the simplest things, conversations, and everything like that. And that lull of not coaching, and then I transitioned over to Etiwanda, and I was like, okay, this is my opportunity. I was coaching the freshmen, and... I, I what I did was I surveyed them like who has aspirations to move up in the program you know and and then they were like oh I do you know so I was like okay coaches and I had a conversation and I said okay I'm going to develop them to where they can they'll have the option if they want to continue playing if they you know like yeah. give them sound fundamentals so I started out with like 15 girls by the end of my first season I only had six girls on the team because it was, it was, it was, I was teaching them, right? Like I wasn't, I wasn't being hard, un, unnecessarily hard on yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. 
I was teaching them to be in this program. This is what you're going to have to be willing to do. And uh, I want to say out of the six, four ended up continuing and going up through the program. A couple of them moved. And then they excelled at other sports. So whatever mentality that was created in my at, in my freshman, on my freshman team, they were able to, you know, glean from that and then go do something with it elsewhere. And I'm proud to say I keep up with all of them and they're doing they're doing good. We talk all the time. Like, hey coach, remember? Yep. I remember that crazy drive to Marietta. <laughs> yep. So yeah. Yeah, that's I think that's the best when, you know, you have that coach athlete relationship, even after, you know, one stops. Oh, being, they're my kids. Yeah, like like that's the best type of relationship to have because like now they're family. Yeah. Like there's somebody you can call on. Well, for them, you're somebody yeah. they can call on when they need somebody, or you can call them just to, you know, chop it up or have some fun, you know, say, Oh, I wanna get the the team back together, have like a nice little dinner yeah. or something. Like you can be able to do that because you had that relationship with them. Those first group I not even just the first group, um, those are my kids. Like I still check it check up on them. I have one that's in um one of my girls, uh, she's in, she's at, she was in Louisiana. So, you know, New Orleans got hit. She was at oh, Xavier. Yeah. So I sent her money like, hey, you know, you're mine. Like, I got you. Like, you know, I'm, like you said, family. That, those, those are my girls. Like, I, I will, and it's, and it's great to see them come back. And I'm like, hey, would you be willing to talk to these kids? Like, it's just that it's a constant cycle. You so good or you, plant and those seeds grow and come back and they they do something so it's always best I mean that that coach I take that coaching role so serious it's everybody remembers their favorite teacher everybody remembers their favorite coach that's my my mentality everybody remembers I also remember the bad ones but (laughs) I remember I remember I am like really good friends with my favorite teacher. We work together. We're colleagues. I'm like, he comes to me and is like, hey, can you teach me something? Sure, I'll coach you. You know. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, you know, like it, it's a, it's an important role. Um, it's probably the most important role because you think of it. I think of it also like this. A lot of student athletes, you're at school about six hours a day, right? You're in your program, depending on what program you are and how serious you are, you're in that program, right? So you got maybe a two-hour practice every day, right? You're with them for eight hours, technically. I watch, I'm almost with you more than your parents. That's how important my role is. Like, I can't use you on my taxes, but but I I am, and I tell them, I'm your favorite auntie, I'm your coach, I, I am your parent on campus. And so, like, I'm going to take care of you, I'm going to get on you when I need to get on you. Like, you, in terms of, like, hey, you need to take care of that, you need to go talk to that teacher. We are in community that is the village. And so the coach's role is, you know, anybody who's getting into coaching needs to know that it ha- you have to have a special place for your role. It can't just be, I'm going to coach and then I'm going home. It's not that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I've, I've said this many times before, but no, I personally think just about almost every athlete should go back and coach at least one year. At least, yeah, yeah. At least one year because, you know, you've put so much into the sport and, you know, your coaches, the people who coach you put so much into you that, you know, it's like you have a obligation to give back to that sport. Yeah. And that that's my personal opinion. Like, you, you should give back to that sport because they've done so much for you and now it's your time to do something for somebody yeah, else. Yeah, to pay it forward. Yep. You know, and then it also gives you a frame, Right. It gives you a frame of understanding of knowing how hard that how how hard it is because it's not easy to coach someone like oh my gosh to coach kids um, and I'll say this very loosely uh, but I was talking to my mom the other day and we were talking about 
like what I okay. So I was talking to her about my daughter's team and how there's an entitlement issue. Plain and simple, there's an entitlement issue. Like I shouldn't have to. We're at a game. Don't be on your phone in the dugout. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's. Why do you expect me to like you? There's certain things you need to learn how to do on your own. You know what I'm saying? Like mom shouldn't have to be like, here's your water. You didn't bring water. That's a natural consequence, right? Like, and those are very, like I said, general loose statements. But when I say it gives you the frame to come back, when you come back and coach, it helps you understand what your coaches, the struggles that they have. Yeah. And then you'll start to see, one of the things I, I see now, is I start to see a reflection of the athlete I was. Right? So you'll start to see, you'll start to see, oh, I see, they got it. They got it. They work hard. I think that's the my favorite thing to, to, to observe. Like, you got the whiner, you got the person who complains, whatever. I was one of those people, I worked my tail off. When I was in high school, anybody that knows me in that period of time, it was like, Brandy woke up at five, Brandy went to go run at five. I went, ran a mile, uh, so I ran to the school, so a mile away from my house, ran a mile on the track and then ran home, then went to tutoring, went through my classes, sixth period was basketball, did that training or whatever, and then I was outside on the track with my dad or on the court with my dad training for two or three hours, right? Okay. That was, I mean, it was religiously, like that was my, my schedule and it paid off. So I'm not saying everybody, you have to give that much time, but I try to get kids, young people, athletes in general to think about sacrifice, right? Um, sacrifice and like whatever you put into something, you will definitely reap from the benefits. That. Yeah. yeah. If I don't water the plant, it's not going to grow, right? So just that. And I love it when I see athletes who are like determined, they have a work ethic, they have a schedule. I mean, Kudos to my kid. Like, I talked about it, but, like, I she gets mad when she can't go train. She was like, I was like, hey, I got something to do today. Like, okay, so this is what we're going to do with your schedule, you know. She was like, I need to be at practice. <laughs> and I was like, okay, but do you realize, like, I, you know. So she, she has, I mean, we go almost seven days a week. And I'm the one thing I'm trying to teach her and that process is I love it. I love seeing that. But you also need to also teach athletes um, what proper rest looks like. Yeah. Yep. Because a lot of our society in general talks about the grind. You got to hustle. You got to yeah. go. And nobody ever wants to take the time to step back and actually rest. And right. Give yourself time to, like, have a mental break. Yeah. Have I mean, a physical break. Like, just a break in general. Yep. If it's a day, two days, three days. However yeah. long you need. And then as soon as you get that rest, get back to the grind. That's because good. the grind does not stop. It does not wait for you. So, you know, you can't really wait too long and take a, too long of a rest. But, you know, partial rest is good. Yeah. It's better than anything. I think it's important just as much as I tell you. See, like, I'm really big on having an example. Right? Like, think about school. You had an example. The teacher would give you direct instruction on something. And then they model it for you. They should have. They model, they model it yes. for you. And then you're supposed to do this independent practice on your own, yeah. a.k.a. Homework, homework, right? So when, when I think of sports, one of the things that drove me crazy when I was younger, I'm like, how are you telling me to do something and you can't do it? Like, that's my, you know, like, I had that yeah. attitude. So I always respected the coaches who could literally show me what they wanted. I love the coaches who will get in the game or show me the layup or show me, how, you know, it's not all talk. You're not talking. You're actually showing me. So you you gave me the instruction. You gave me the guided practice. And now I need to go do it. And um, 
I think that's equally important. We're talking about rest and mental well-being. I think that's important for coaches and athletes that are at playing at a high level to also demonstrate. Because social media, like it's the, the double-edged sword, right? Uh, social media shows you, it's a highlight reel, yeah, right? I'm going to show you all my good stuff, right? And so one of the things I told when we were, were trying to work on getting my daughter's stuff up, I said, well, we're going to put the truth. We're going to put the good, the bad. We're going to show the, the, the pictures where you, sw- you, know, you strike out because that's important. No, I mean, coaches, if they're smart coaches, they know, all right, that happened. You didn't hit every ball, right? Show the whole picture, you know? And there's just, I think there's a danger to if you're not being transparent, you know, because what happens is, this is how I think about it. Um, you get what you get, right? So um, if you are under the assumption that I'm also amazing, which I am, right? But I that I don't make mistakes. And you put me in your program that's this, maybe it's a high-flying program. Yeah. But I only maybe... I edited it down, you know, because that's what folks do. When I get in that situation where my back is against the wall and you're wondering, what's wrong with you? Aren't you mentally tough? Well, I can't edit this, right? It's real life. It's real life. So that's why I'm saying, like, that's, that's, you know, there has to be an example of all of that, right? We make fun of the people who get posterized on, on, you know, like when they're dunks and everything like that. But show me the practice. Show me how you're going to fix it. Show me the opposite side. Let me see you do, you know, like full circle. Let's make sure yeah. that we're telling a whole, uh, a, a whole picture. Because um, I think that, I mean, demonstrating, being the example is more than me just barking orders to you as an athlete. It's me showing you all sides, meaning I can show you how to be an exceptional athlete, right? I can show you how to play at a high level. I also need to show you how to take care of yourself, right? Um, and so programs that really programs that really focus on that, um, shout out to East, Eastern Coastal Carolina, I, I see you, Jay. Um, programs like that, I appreciate because it's then it's I care about you more, more. You are a whole person. Yeah. You know. Yeah, athletes get treated like you're here for results. And yeah. That's it, and then coaches, from what I've seen, coaches don't take the time out or the time to think. You know, oh, you're also a person. You know, outside of the court, outside of the field, outside of the track, you know, you're a person. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about family, right? Like, I always liken it to this. Like, I always think of how I want people to treat my kids. Like, how would I treat my kids in a certain situation? I think I'm a pretty good parent. So, I treat my players like I treat my kids, right? So there's a certain level of care that I have. I could tell you that I went to my coach's house and I had dinner at their house and I played with their kids. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. I was, he was responsible for creating a, an environment that was inclusive of all of his players. Like nobody was like left out or anything like that. And I think that's important. He, he didn't do favoritism, which a lot of coaches do. Oh, I mean, there was there, some. Yeah. But, you know, going back to when we started, we said there's a different way that you talk to, you know, all your players and everything. Yeah. So I used to question, like, am I not good enough? This is a real conversation now, right? I remember being in college and being like, he doesn't yell at me like he yells at so-and-so. Why is that? And then I finally, like, womaned up and was like, uh, coach, I need to talk to you. And so we were having our one-on-one. And I was like, you know, I don't see you yell at me like you yell at so-and-so. Like, 
Because in my mind, you're done with a player when you don't talk to him. Like when I, I know when people are done when they're like, mm. right? He was like, no, 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 don't think that. He was like, because a lot of time I'm yelling at folks, it's about effort. He said, you go a hundred miles per hour on some effort, you might mess up the play. <laughs> you might, you might do the wrong thing and be in the wrong place. But I guarantee you, you're gonna sprint down the court. He said, I don't have to tell you. I don't have to get on you about effort. He said, I, that's why we talk to you about where you're supposed to be at. But we yell at effort. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, well, you know. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. It was good. I mean, and so I'm, you know, just kind of going back to that. Like, everybody's different. Every player's different. Um, the other thing is, like, knowing. I always ask, what? you trying to do with this and I try to make it clear though because people have false expectations of what <laughs> of what it takes to get to a high level like yeah. because of the highlight reel it's like I hit a home run so guess what I'm going somewhere like you get one you know and so how are you how much do you practice like you probably got a little bit lucky on that one or you timed it just right but are you consistent right so Teaching, teaching athletes to be consistent is another thing that, you know, that I'm noticing when I was talking about entitlement. That's another thing. Like, I, I can just not show up when I want. No, you cannot be on this team. You know, that's one of the things that comes up. And um, so, yeah, just making sure that stu student athletes know, like, the commitment and consistency part. Like, if you say you're going to do this, your word has to be impeccable, right? But that's also for coaches to display. And I know things come up, especially now, like it's crazy. But communication, having constant communication with your coaches, um, being consistent, being the coaches being an example, and then having some type of rules, Right, like a like literally following the rules. These are the rules, and I'm going to. If you deviate off of these, like it, you know, not a gray area. I mean, sometimes there's a little bit of gray, but not a ton of it. So I just see that a lot. Well, I couldn't come. What? You knew we had a tournament. We're dealing with that right now. Girls don't want to come to practice, or you know, like. Being honest, if you don't want to play, don't play. Yeah. <laughs> just say, just, you know, but I want to dress up in the uniform. My coach, my traveling coach when I was in high school used to have, uh, she said, um, she had a phrase she would use. She said, y'all airport. Y'all look good walking through the airport with the trash on the court. And I was like, oh, Okay. So, like, a, a lot of times I feel like I, I, I'm an observer. So, as a coach, I sit back. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm not a head coach um, because I think it allows my, my positionality of where I'm at, where I'm positioned, allows me to talk to the, uh, the girls or any player differently. You know, I have a whole different role. So, I don't have to be the – I could be the one you kind of, hey, coach, what, you know, I got a question – that type, but I don't have to be over it, and I'm cool with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, going back to what you said, like your mindset of how you train, because you were 100% all in all the time. And I mean, for me personally, I mean, I, I complained, but here's the thing, even though I complained, I still did everything 110%. Mm -hmm. So I mean, the way I complained and the way somebody else complained, they were, they were different. Like, you complained and you didn't do it. Right. I complained and I still gave it my all. Right. And I think that's why, like, my coaches dealt with my complaining. One, because, you know, we're family and we've grown up <laughs> together. And, like, they've been my coaches my whole life, basically. But two, because, like, I always did what I had to do and it doesn't matter unless physically I could not do it. Yeah. And, like, at that point in time when I physically could not do it, that's when I felt like they were like, okay, it's, it's fine. Yeah. But... I think that there are different types of athletes because I I could never be that. Oh, I'm just gonna do it. No, I'm gonna complain. But here's the thing: I complain in a funny way. Like yeah. I'm gonna joke around and complain with you, and we gonna yeah. laugh about it. And then 
you either gonna tell me go get it done or I'm gonna do it myself. And either way, it's still gonna get done with a hundred, with a hundred and hundred ten percent, always. Yeah, I mean, that's KYP. Know your personnel. Plain and simple. As a coach, as a as a player, that's another thing that I've taken with me from Cal Poly. Like that was in the book, KYP. So. Even in interactions as an adult, even in act interactions in classrooms, on court, on the field, I'm constantly looking at, I need to know my personnel. I know who to push, how to push, when to lay back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I know. And that's because I'm paying attention. You have to be in the moment. You have to pay attention. So... I think these are the things that I think when we were talking about players coming back in and coaching and sowing those seeds and giving back and paying it forward. I think those are the things that humble you, put you back. You know, because I said, as a coach, I always saw a reflection of the type of player I was, the different phases, right? I started off not knowing You know, but nobody, and this is, my dad would tell me this, or he still tells me this, nobody was out working you in terms of, like, you know, you didn't know anything. You were just green, right? Because I I just played to play. I didn't, I didn't, we didn't realize that you could go get a scholarship until I was in the eighth grade, right? And so then that's when we got serious. So I literally changed my mindset my eighth grade summer and was like, let's go. And then it, it was it. But if you were to ask me how I was like, huh, seventh grade, I was not serious. I was just playing. I knew I could jump really high and I liked floating because I, I had that hang time, that air time, like, oh, look at me, you know. But it's, it's, it comes down to know who you're dealing with in that moment. Now, people change. So what I started out saying I want to do might not, once I realize how much you have to invest, I might say, you know, too, too rich for my blood. I got to pull out right now. Or I might experience something to where I, I realize I have different interests. I always tell athletes that sports are a vehicle. And if you can play them at a high level, it's a, it's a nice vehicle. It's a really nice vehicle. Because you can get your schooling paid for, you can get opportunities, you get to network, you get to meet folks. That's um, uh, that. Those are things that you can that you can do. So um, I always tell them it's a vehicle. So like, and and it's great when they realize it. Like, oh yeah, I could take. I could I could drive this. I could go somewhere with this. And so Yeah. No, but I do think that um coaches can partially ruin the sport for athletes. But I think that's also on athletes because it's double edged sword with this for me. Because coaches can ruin it by their attitude, but mm-hmm. athletes can also ruin it by their attitude. And I a hundred percent agree with you. Yeah. So I mean like I've I've seen athletes where it's like they're going back and forth with but they're also a great athlete and they still leave the sport or like this mm-hmm. or this player isn't you know they're not the best but they're going back and forth with the coach and it's it's on both of them and then they leave to a different setting and then they become the athlete that that coach wanted to mm-hmm. be, make them environment is important environment is important and I'm literally we're literally having this conversation in our household right now Environment is so important. I think I agree 100%, and not just in terms of attitude. Um, What you say, how you treat folks. Um, And I've seen seen a gamut. Like, I try not to have or display favoritism. So much so, my child plays on the team that I'm an assistant coach for. I called the coach and said, I'm falling back. We not. I don't want there to be any. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, but environment is important. And my favorite analogy, I tell you, I use this for everything because it's true. I like plants, okay? Seeds are hard shells, put them in the ground. It needs the right environment to grow. Uh, some seeds do well. Some things do well um, when they are, you know, outside. Yeah. Some need to be inside. So You know what I'm saying? So you, I can't put an indoor plant outside and expect it to flourish. Sometimes it's like odd and can, but the other time, most times, it's like that's not my environment. You know? Yeah. So... So I just liken that to, to a lot of things. We don't grow when we're comfortable. We need the right environment. So that's why the plant is everything to me. It gives life. It, it, it just it just everything. But when you think about it in terms of, of athletes, environment, how what I say in the environment, how I, you know, organize my environment, if it's chaotic, you know, how, how are things do you have a system in place? Like, I always appreciate when coaches have a system in place. Like, I need you to do this. And sometimes that's all they're good for is just the system. But also, you were talking about attitude could ruin it for yeah. an athlete. I think um, not following through on a coach's part, right? I say one thing and I do another on a regular basis, right? Yeah. That would not make me want to stay in your organization. Attitude, what I say, like going back to what I say, it could be very chaotic. I've seen coaches, and I'm like, you know, kind of reminds me of my finish them, but I wasn't, I wasn't cursing out kids <laughs> and no Christian. You know what I'm saying? Like I've, I've seen, I've seen coaches do some crazy stuff. I've done some crazy stuff that I was like. I went back and I apologized to my players. I said, hey, look, we need to have a conversation. Me, the parents, and the, and the players had a conversation. And I remember this specifically because it was in the middle of a game. And I said, I'm not giving you the right. I'm not being my best. I had So I think there's an onus on the coach. You know, I think there's onus. I had to kick players off. So you're not – you don't want to – and that goes back to the rules, right? Like yeah. – if I follow the rules as the coach, then it limits how much gray area and chaos there is. Because these are, I set these out, this is what it is, and if you follow them, we're good. If you don't, bye, Felicia. You know? So there's there was one example that I was thinking about what I was referring to. It was a game against, <laughs> it was a game against Rancho. And it was, it was tied, you know, um, and I was like, y'all, I just remember throwing my clipboard, <laughs> throwing my clipboard, and it was just erratic. I was like, yo, this is not, we're not a college team. I'm not getting paid for this. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is high school. Yeah. Freshman at that. So I remember it was halftime. I went in, and I told the parents, I said, I'm going to get on your girls. And they were like, go get on them. So they gave me authority. But then I was like, I don't was feel good. Was that too good. much? Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, I don't feel good. After the game, and it bothered me, like, I, because words are important. Yeah. Once they escaped my mouth, I was like, ugh. So after the game, parents and coaches, uh, parents and the players, I said, I need you guys in the stands. And I had a conversation with them, like, yo, like, my apologies. My apologies. Um, so... I think being mindful and being responsible, and all these are lessons, right? All these are lessons. We're human. Yeah. We're going to make some mistakes, but you have to own them in, in a way that you're not belittling anybody. You don't know what folks are going through. Um, you don't know what these kids go through or go home to. And so I now my mentality is I want to have, I want to teach you. I've always wanted to have fun with it. But if it becomes to where it's like a job for me or like I should not be stressed about coaching. I shouldn't be stressed about coaching. 
So if I ever I feel that way, we need to have a sit-down conversation, and at most, if it continues and persists, it's not you, it's me. And I got to go. Uh, for me, um, I have a fear as an athlete for, for when coaches are um, too aggressive or not aggressive enough or they're, <laughs> or, you know, like they do something and it's too much or they don't do enough in a certain aspect. Right. And it's like, as an athlete, like I need you to find that balance because, and that's, that's when it goes back to like knowing your athlete, mm-hmm. you know, and like for me, if I don't have a coach who understands, like, me as an athlete and understands, like, I like to joke around during, like, I like to joke around during practice, but I'm not going to joke around too much to where it's like I'm a distraction. Like, I'm going to joke around, and then when, it, we, when we get on that line or when I get on that runway, like, I'm focused. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after practice, before practice, you know, whatever. But I, I do have a fear that, like, coaches don't – not all coaches understand how to do and that's that's one of my fears because like if you don't know how to deal with them, you don't know how to treat them, or you don't know how to change like change change your tweak your personality just a little bit. And even as an athlete, I have to tweak my personality to fit with the coach. Mm-hmm. And I think that's on both ends on that aspect. It's a relationship. It is. It, it and then I think if if we started having the conversation like it's a relationship, I, you're not always going to like what I say, and I'm not going to always like what you do. But we have to have some middle ground on that. And that that's a real, I think I've never probably heard an, a, a student athlete say that before. Like, you know, but that's a real thing. I get it. You know, to articulate it in a way that's like, you know, that's a fear. of Like, I'm not going to really get along with you. You don't understand me. I would always say this. Fill out the place. <laughs> <laughs> like, environment-wise, like, think about this. I pay attention to how I feel what my gut says in environments. Does it say, ah, sit this one out? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, in, going back to environment, environment is everything. And environment is social, emotional. Environment is time and place. Environment is uh, practice. Environment is, is, is a lot, right? Yeah. So, if I don't feel I am a, I'm an introvert, extrovert. Okay, like I love being alone, but I also like being around folks. Um, The other thing is, from the time I was younger, I was always really, really quiet initially. I sit back and I observe how people interact, and then I go, and I'm like, oh, I know who to talk to. I know who I want to talk to. So the thing with, I remember when I got, so one, I'll just give you my recruiting story really quick. It's very quick. I was recruited. <laughs> no, um, I was recruited by, I was getting recruited by University of Oregon, uh, New Mexico, University of New Mexico, San Diego State. Those were the big ones. Yeah. Everybody else sent letters, but those were the ones where I was like, okay. So I went on my visit to San Diego. Um, I was gearing up to go to my visit in Oregon. And then I get a word. Now, this happened... Um, probably like September, early October um, of my senior year. All the coaches got fired. Mm-hmm. Every last coach. And I'm like, what What to do now, right? So I'm like stressed out trying to get all that. Um, my parents were like, well, if you go to Cal Poly, you could try out as a walk-on. And I'm like, I did all this work. I'm not walking on nowhere. I'm going to get a scholarship. So, luckily, Cal Poly called me. The coach called me and said, hey, you want to come on a visit with us and everything like that. They were in the middle. I didn't go on my visit until the end of February, and they were already in the playoffs. So, they were studying for their finals because the next, I think in two days, they were leaving to go to play uh, in the Elite Eight. With that being said, I sat back and observed. Oh, y'all studying. Y'all like real studying. Y'all not really talking to me. Y'all taking care of your business. Yeah. Oh, okay. So then we go, and I go on campus, and I see every, everybody scrambling. I see how, hey, I need to meet with so-and-so. I need to meet with, I'm in the athletic department, and everybody's, like, catering to these young women. And I'm like, this is not what I see when I come to visit y'all on a, at a game, right? You just, 
you don't see the behind the scenes stuff. So I went out to breakfast with the coach and he said, well, we would like to <laughs> offer you a scholarship. And I was like, all right, um, okay, we're good. And he was like, no, you wanna go talk to your parents about it? I said, it's my decision. Like, we're gonna do this. I already know I'm close to home. There's some, some factors that I really like, but, and I explained the whole background thing, like what I saw. So sitting back to observe the, not just what people say, but how people operate and how they move is very important. And we're always quick to speak and not quick to listen and peep game of what's going on in our environment. So that'd be something that I'd be like, hey, for student athletes looking at institutions and you think you wanna get a scholarship and they're you know, prospecting you, one of the things that I would say is, don't be so, ask, have your questions ready, but see how they operate, see how the team navigates, see how they deal with each other you can ask about how they deal, but they're gonna they're trying to get you, so they're gonna say what you know, but look at what they're doing. Does it align to your values and who you are as a person? If it doesn't and you don't trust your gut and your gut is telling you something else, then by all means it ain't for you. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So I I had a similar experience. Well, for me personally, you know, I, I like to sit back and like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a people watcher. I like to watch yeah. before I do anything. Like that's what I do. But for UC Davis, like I personally know two people on the team. So like I know that like one of them was trying to like get me on the team, but the other one was like you'll like this person. Like I I was able to have like a full on conversation mm-hmm. with her. So like I can understand what the team is, the dynamic of the team, yeah. and you know she's also a jumper. So it's like I was able to have that conversation mm-hmm. with her because I'm also a jumper. So she it, it, it was just really. And then, you know, talking with the coach and, you know, actually understanding what they do with their athletes outside of just sports. Yeah. Like, that, that, is, what, yes. that, is, that is what sold me. Like, yes. if, if any other school had offered me, I still would have denied them because that program right there yeah. is what sold me. Yep. So, that, Looking that at it. the whole athlete. Yeah. Right? The yeah. whole person that has athletic ability. Right? Yeah. And that's important. It was nice. Um, that's really important. But, you know, thank you for coming on. Oh. I really appreciate you. I enjoyed and it. this was a nice experience to actually have you on here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Anytime. I have fun. I have fun. You have some good questions. And I talk a lot when I'm comfortable. So yeah. I was clearly comfortable. <laughs> All right.